0: The Grappling Hour is brought to you by No Gi BJJ Gear. Use the promotional code Grappling Hour 15 to save 15% off of whatever you put in your cart. And Dodgy Collective. Dodgy Collective. Creating jiu-jitsu gear for those who love to train after a hard day's work and for those who live the jiu-jitsu lifestyle from their mom's couch. That's actually what it says. I'm, I'm reading it verbatim. Anyway, go buy from them. What's up, everybody it is your good friend, Rafa Esparza. It's a great day for grappling. And let's start with this first. Let's give some love to our friends over at nokibjjgear.com. They give us the promotion. They give us the money. So this is me saying the things that give us more money. And if you guys like us and you want to see us continue to make these shows, then you should go encourage them as well. You can go over to nogibjjgear.com and use the promotional code GRAPPLINGHOUR15 to save 15% off of whatever you put in your cart. Also, give some love to our friends over at Dodgy Collective. They make some dope gear. They have amazing artwork. They are amazing human beings. We love if you support both of those folks. All right, on to our guest today. This young man and I once did an interview and he was uh, maybe about my height, maybe just like a little shorter than me. And now that I don't think that's the case, I think he is much taller than me now. Uh, his jiu-jitsu is severely better than mine now, but I've been so impressed with the way this young man carries himself. He's been quietly getting himself better at both wrestling, doing that continuously. He has been a savage on the mats. Everybody who speaks about him knows him and loves what he does. And I am so happy that we get to catch up with him today because I hope you saw this. I hope it's out already. It better be out. If it's not, then we're breaking embargo. But who gives a shit at this point? He won the qualifier at 10th Planet last week for the chance to go ahead and compete at the Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds happening on November 29th. Let's say that's it. And he will be competing in that big tournament representing the 10P flag. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first time on the show. One, Derek Rayfield. Derek, how are you doing, sir? About time I'm here. I'm doing great. How are you how are you doing? It was like don't do that to me, kid. <laughs> I was like You know, the beautiful part about what you do is that you're competing a lot, but you you know, you're you're very much a person I hear about from other savages or other great people who I have a a great deal of admiration for. And when they talk about your game and the leaps and the bounds that it has made, it reminds me just of how long we've seen you in the public eye competing. So do you ever look back at how young you were and kind of laugh because, yo, dude,
1: you you grew up very quickly in front of our eyes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been training for 11 years. Um, and I feel like I'm just now kind of starting to get like momentum in like big jujitsu scenes. You know, I'm just now starting to get on to like combat jujitsu worlds. Um, so I feel like, um, these high level black belts, I have that kind of, not that I'm saying I'm a high level black belt. I'm not, I'm a shitty brown belt, but, um, uh, like I have those like same types of experiences, you know, if, if you get what I'm saying, like I've been to the EBIs, like I've seen the whole progression as well. So, um, you know, I, I've, you've been developed by very good people and, you know, they've made me a lot better. And it does feel good to like, look back and be like, I'm so much better than I was.
0: I mean, obviously I wish I could say that, but I think the thing with you that I, I very much appreciate is, is that you and I are just occasionally around each other. So we don't really even train or, or like see each other that much, but we're always in the same position. And for yeah. me, even though I don't see you a ton, when I do see you, I see how hard yeah. you're working working. I hear about it from people like Casey and all these people who have always sung your praises. So even though I didn't always see you in the gym, I knew you were up to some shit and I knew you were getting better. So let's figure this out. How old are you now? I'm 19 years old. 19 years old. Okay. The reason I ask is because most 19 year olds do not already have the experience of being on EBI, let alone... A combat jujitsu jitsu match, which by the way, you took on my friend Mike Flatch, and that was a pretty epic performance in, in your own right, man.
1: Yeah, Mike Flock's a, a good guy. I was talking to him before and after the match. He's, you know, I really like the guy. He's super, super sweet, um, super technical in jiu jitsu. Um, it was just a good day for me. It was, and I mean,
0: you know, it, it's a tough one, man, because I just remembered. Talking with him, I think it was before or after, and I was just like, dude, that's a tough draw, man, because he's young, but his jujitsu isn't young. So there's the propensity to be like, Am I slapping this kid? I have to, or he's going to murk me. And uh, you know, your finish on that match it showed a brilliant composure you had a very steady way in which you were doing it. So my congratulations to you, man, uh, on that. And, and again, getting that experience from EBI, which was our first interview together. So let's talk a little bit about this 10th planet qualifier. So you guys aren't slapping each other at this qualifier, correct?
1: No, all the qualifiers are just strictly jujitsu. Um, I don't think anyone's 10th planet guys, you know, having beef with one another, like, Oh, you slapped me too hard. Uh, so, so, um, yeah, it's just jujitsu. Um, I just want people to know that ahead of time because I do think it's kind of dope
0: that there are trials that we do get to see from your system because we don't see that with anybody else. We see it with 10th planet and I think that's pretty dope. So I want you to walk me through the day and uh, the competition that you had to go through in order to win that
1: day. Yeah. So um, basically how it, how it went down is I drew a, a pretty bad draw first round, to be honest. I had Keith Kirkorian. Uh going into the trial um, Keith Kakorian for me was like, oh, that's the guy to beat. You know, meet him in the final, meet him in the semis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I got him round one. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that at all. I was <laughs> like, damn, Scott Ross, you couldn't like move around the the bracket at all. And uh, he's like, no, you got to go against Keith. So um, it was a uh, it was a match where it was it was only a minute and thir- like something like two minutes. It wasn't very long. But it's not like I was drastically better. It's not like that was the reason it was that short. It was just um, he made a a simple mistake at the very beginning. He pulled guard. I was able to get like a a jumping guillotine. He just overextended his neck a little bit. And in high levels of competition, that's all you need to have that little domino effect of, well, now he's in mount. Oh, now he has the arm triangle. Now he has the back. Now he's finished. You know what I mean? So um, in my opinion, it was the two best guys going against each other round one. Um, and it's, it's super unfortunate for Keith that that's how that went. Um, like I said, I was just able to capitalize on a, a, a quick mistake and, um, get the finish there with the head and arm choke.
0: Let's stay on that real quick. I know Keith is a savage. We don't need to establish that. He's an amazing competitor in his own right. And as you mentioned, and very humble of you to mention in the respect that, yeah, he made a tactical error and you were able to capitalize on that day. Uh, mm. how often have you trained with Keith in the past?
1: I've trained with him probably two or three times. Um, I went against him at a Naga when I was like 16. Sorry. Uh trained with him at a Naga when I was like 16. Um, trained with him at a Naga. competed against him <laughs> at a Naga. Uh, and he ended up heel hooking me. So I was like, yeah, I got that. I got that back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't – like he's usually like a San Diego guy. Um, I was in Vegas, you know, occasionally went to um, – uh, you know, Ford's in uh, those Costa Mesa, those gyms, but me and him never really crossed path. It was just, you know, we'd see each other at Naga, you know, 10 planet guys are friendly with other 10 planet guys, like everyone in the system. So well, uh, uh, you know, friendly to each other, knows each other. And I think that's one of the strengths of the system. Mm. So uh, not, not super often, but he, he's my friend. Like I would consider him one of mine. And I would friends. say a couple of that, instances uh, seem to
0: happen on this particular day but i knew at first you know as you mentioned keith is a very tough draw and did you have the experience uh before help you in that match did you have a certain idea or did you just go into it a little bit more like okay i know keith likes to go this because what was i guess the motivator between starting off with that that guillotine that led you to that um
1: well, I the only thing that I was watching out for is, like I said, at the Naga, he heel-hooked me. So I was like, don't get heel-hooked. If I don't get heel-hooked, I'm fine. Um, not that I'm fine, but like, that's what I'm worried about. Um, but usually in my matches, like I'm kind of weird for this, I think, but I don't like to strategize based on what they do. Mm-hmm. I like to just worry about me. I'm the only one who matters in my, like, mm-hmm. training. So um, as long as I perform good, it doesn't matter what they do. Like sure he has a good heel hook watch out for that but i don't like to make all these elaborate plans um and stuff like that for uh or like
0: strategizing makes sense and again i guess the reason why i asked that uh because i haven't seen it yet i i'm just hearing the second nature so i'm just trying to visualize it and i haven't seen I think- it, this all memory <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a five
1: minute match. I
0: have no idea. <laughs> the reason why it's so impressive to me is because you know sometimes you can watch a competitor and you can kind of get a vibe of how they're going. But when you get that guillotine, uh, you know sometimes it happens by surprise. Sometimes you workshop that a lot. Is that something that you've developed over time, or or was that just something in the moment you were like, oh, I get this action reaction and mm-hmm. I'm going to go with it.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's not something I train like consistently, but it's something mm-hmm. like I have in my pocket, and I mm-hmm. just I saw that it was there, you know. So uh, it's not my best pass or anything, but it's something that I have in my toolkit, and I just saw an opportunity to use it. I did,
0: and especially uh, considering, I think that has to be something that most people have to hate, which is somebody who wrestles who's got a good guillotine too. I want to be like, you can't have both, dude. You got to pick <laughs> one of them. Listen, I use my guillotine as a nice defensive mechanism. And when I see one of those wrestlers who can kind of defend a guillotine or has a good one on their own, I always think it's like when the Jurassic Park Velociraptors are looking at each other and can talk. And I go, (laughs) shit, they can talk now. No, they know all of our tricks (laughs) too. Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to do this. So obviously, respect. We love Keith. Glad you guys uh, have that out in the first round. What happens in the next round, man?
1: The next round, I go against Anthony. I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name, uh, Anthony Almero or something like that. Okay. It's, I apologize to him. I'm I'm not exactly sure how you say your last name, uh, but a San Mateo guy, one of uh, Alan Sanchez's uh, brown belts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a tough match. Like um, round one, I had to get it in my head. Like that was my toughest opponent. I think that was not going to be my toughest match. You know what I mean? So. Mm. Um, and it was proved in the next round when uh, I got Anthony, um that match I'm not exactly sh- like it's like I said I haven't seen it I'm just going off of memory I uh, got a pretty nasty blast double against him I passed his gary went to side control got him mount um put him in a very similar situation I put Keith in um but he this guy like saw it you know he was ready for the head and arm um, and we stayed there for probably seven minutes um mm-hmm. I could be exaggerating, like I said, I haven't seen it, but it felt like a very long time. I had him in, in mount and I just could not finish with the head norm at all. Um he ended up escaping and I was like, okay, this is going to O T. There's no you know, so the last three minutes were essentially just us like t- tipping our our toes in the water, you know, seeing if we maybe can get like a sneaky heel hook, but mm. both of us kinda understood that this is going to overtime. Mm. Um Almost broke my nose, actually. He w- went for a rolling Kamora and, like, popped my face off. I started bleeding. Oh, for, like, no. oh. Yeah, dude, like, for four hours, it just would not stop bleeding. The entire rest of the tournament, you see me with a little, like, piece of toilet paper in my nose. Um, yeah, so that kind of sucked. But um, overtime happens. I um I picked the arm bar position first. Um, ended up getting him uh, with, like, a straight arm lock, fully extended. It's over. I have it. And then he slips out and it's, it's terrible. It's like a scene from like Indiana Jones, the treasures right there. And I just couldn't get it. Um, he ends up having a really good back control system, which I should have been prepared for. Cause I knew he was an Alan Sanchez guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, I couldn't get out that first round. Round two happens. Um, I get him with another fully extended arm bar. I had it for so long and I was like, I'm not going to be nice with this. Like this is, this is competition. I'm going to, you know pull hard and and it was fully extended my hips were fully in I don't know why I couldn't finish it it just it I couldn't do it um, I uh, Michael plaster was talking to me after and I was like yeah at the end of the day he was a man and I was just a little boy there like I just could not finish that arm bar for the life of me like everything I thought was technically perfect but uh, I couldn't like he just man muscled out of it. I, I don't know what to say about it.
0: It happens, man. I, I've had many people dead to rights in an arm bar and sometimes I get that look of like, What's happening? Why is this not ending? I want this to end. So if you could just have it, it would make both of us feel better and then both of us. Know- I'll I'll check in with them after and I'll be like, "Are you okay?" And they go, "Yeah, I'm fine." And I see him kind of like nursing, and I go, "I don't yeah. think you're okay. I think you did take some damage, and I think everyone's lying to me." So okay, you'll okay. be fine, but right, <laughs> <laughs> like granted, you know, know. You, you you got out of it, so
1: okay, <laughs> good for you, bro. But what it costs, man. Yeah, and uh, that was a point in the match where I kind of like mentally broke a little bit, like mm-hmm. where I was just like, "Fuck, I can't how." How do I get a fully extended armbar and not finish? And uh, my coach Mike Wilson was just like, "Hey, Derek, compose. Just compose." And you just see me like, "Okay, I I just I have to finish this match." Um, he takes the back again. I escaped pretty fast. And uh, that third round was a big decision because I probably had a minute minute thirty each armbar. He wrote me out for an entire two minutes and then had like probably a minute in that uh that second back control. -hmm. So it was like, damn, like, do I want to go for the arm bar again? Like I can fully extend it. I just don't know if I can finish. Or do I just want to like try and uh try and take the back and try and win on time? And uh so in that moment I, I chose like I'll just take the back. I think we're pretty close on time. I'm pretty confident that I can hold him. And um there was some controversy in that third round because there was a point where he slipped out. I had a head and arm. He slipped out and I was able to transition to the other side. But there was a second where he was he was escaped. Scott Ross goes, time. And I go, no, I have the head and arm. And Scott Ross goes, okay, keep going. And uh, well, there's a little bit of controversy there. I'm not sure if that was the right call. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, we're competitors. My job is to keep competing. So, you know, he yells time. I have the head and arm. I'm going to argue it. He says, yeah. keep going. I'm going to keep going. Um, and, well, then if he makes the decision to keep it going – What are you supposed
0: to do? Let it go? Well,
1: yeah, like I'm not going to let go of that at at that point. You know, our our jobs as competitors are to just keep going, you know? Well, Um, the other thing to keep in mind as well is Scott Ross has been around this forever. He's run it
0: multiple times. So he has a pretty good track record. And, you know, if he did mess up, he's probably one of the first people with his integrity to like own up to it and
1: say, like, yeah, that did not go well. Yeah. I I haven't seen the video yet, but I think either way he called it probably probably was the right call. Okay. You know what I mean? If he would have said time, and I would have been like, no, I still have it, and he said no, I already said it. I think that's correct. Um, but the way it happened, I think is also correct. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it you know you can't really blame Scott Ross for that. Um, well, you're a
0: better person than I because I would have I would have one million percent cheated in that situation. I would right. have been like, what What are you talking about? Be like. I would have had my whole crew, like especially Mike Wilson of all people, he would have backed me up on this. I I know he's just as schemy as I am, so he would have been
1: like, dude, Raph had that the whole time, man, according to my eyes. Um yeah, so we we keep going. He kind of went limp a little bit. I think he thought it was over. Mm -hmm. As soon as Scott Ross said no, keep going, I I, I jumped on it. I went a thousand percent. Um so he eventually ended up escaping, but I added an extra 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Um, and it was close on time. The time was super close. So that, that 30 seconds is, uh, the difference between a match, you know, uh, he takes my back. I escaped relatively quick. Um, so I definitely won that third round, but the problem was he had the time advantage going into it. Mm. And uh, so it was just a nervous thing where it's like, damn, did I do it fast enough? And then, uh. Ended up winning by like five seconds, I think it was. Wow. So it was a close match, uh, for sure. A ton of respect for Anthony, super tough guy. Um, you know, super technical, super good. Um, San Mateo's got some tough guys.
0: Um, Absolutely. They've been, yeah. uh, they've been producing some good folks, and I've been keeping an eye on them competing because obviously, whenever you see, uh, uh alan doing competitions you know he brings usually a couple guys with him and so i just always look at them and i go well you're training with him so you're probably pretty good too so yeah. i wonder what you're up to
1: iron, iron sharpens iron and you got a fucking escalibur over there you know <laughs>
0: so,
1: uh, you're gonna be pretty good
0: well uh, speaking of people who suck let's talk about mike john because yep. he's the person he's the that you back face back in
1: the finals back to me guys who suck okay so <laughs> Um, Yeah, Mike John. Guys, who suck. (laughs) That's that's so rude. (laughs) I mean, if you get to know him, you know
0: what's really dumb about him? There are many things. But Mike John is now selling a shirt or a rash guard that says, fuck Mike John. And I said to him, (laughs) are you sending money to Craig Jones for this? Like, are you sending him residuals? And he goes, oh, yeah, I should send him one too. And I was like, no, that fool wants your money, fool. Like, you're just taking his bid. His brand. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that final match because when I saw you guys uh in the photo together, it was all smiles. I know you guys go way back further than just this competition. So tell me a little bit about that competition, sir.
1: Yeah. Like we were uh rowing together, cutting weight the day before, you know, like mm-hmm. we're like he's my teammate. Um he's one of my close friends. Um we ended up in the finals together. Uh The match starts, you know, we're both kind of just feeling each other out, and Mike John does something so not Mike John and goes for, like, a flying guillotine. Which guillotine, yeah, you expect that from Mike But, like, a flying flying submission from Mike John, like, I've never seen him do anything. I've never seen him jump. I've I've never seen this man leave the ground in my life. To be fair,
0: I see nothing but jumping guillotines at me when we are rolling. So I've seen him do it no less than nine million times and my favorite note to him is always mike literally choose any submission other than that and maybe he will catch me faster I've, never,
1: I've personally never seen him jumping guillotine but i guess that just shows how shitty of a friend i am well <laughs> I,
0: I think the, the golden goose is my giant head for him so he's yeah. just trying to jump up and do it and, and get something that he could put up on a mantle and the weird part is because I've seen him do it a couple times, you know, we'll do some like wrestling drills and I would be like, don't do it. Just don't. No, you don't. You're not even supposed to do that right now. And he still like kind of goofs around with it. So go on.
1: So um, he gets the jumping guillotine. The locks are actually pretty deep. Um, I fall to like side control. Sorry. I fall to like side control to like just try and take the, some pressure off my neck. He switches to like a darts type thing. So he shoots his arm through. And at that moment, I'm like, I can try to escape the arm the arm, or I can try to attack the arm. Like it was it was a moment where it was like, it's 50-50. I can miss this arm bar attempt and he can just sink in this darts and finish me. Or I can get this arm bar and, and uh, you know, win the match that way. So it was, I ended up getting the arm bar. It was a, it was a minute match. Mm-hmm. Um, it was much closer than a minute match would entail. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because there was a point where it was one second too slow on that iron bar and he has me in a deep um uh, darts that he's gonna finish me with mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it was it was just it was like that samurai scene you know where neither of them have shields they're just going all out you know attacking <laughs> they both like stand across from each other and you just see one of <laughs> them drop where it's like, that's a fast match but it's it was you know it was close um you know just the time of the match doesn't uh show how close that was um, so we just, both of us just went all out on, on attacking, just blitzed each other. And I ended up taking the armbar, bar and, uh, he, getting the tap and getting the win. Well, congratulations to you on that. Uh, did you guys have a chance to kind of talk after that match? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's, he's on my quintet team now, you know, like, like immediate, like the day after, like, Hey, we're doing quintet together. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, we are, <laughs> um, you know, so we we've talked like like i said mike trained with him he's a good friend of mine
0: yeah no mike is good people and uh i i was very stoked when i saw that you guys were be on uh quintet team i know that we talked off air and i was wondering i was like when did that get put together and you're like well we started trying to put one together about a month ahead but now it was really that week so i go you literally have a competition with mike john and then andy goes oh right I should finish this now. Yeah, let's do you guys want to go? It's like, yeah, we already compete against each other.
1: We're good. Yeah. So like I said off air, fucking Andy texts me a month before, I hey, let's put a team together. And I'm like, yeah. And then doesn't send me anything <laughs> for a month. And then two days ago goes, Hey, we should finish this too.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's finish it. Derek, I wanna ask this because competing at those stages, again, we mentioned is not anything new for you. But what does competing this time in the tournament mean? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if they put you in the tournament, perhaps because you were too young at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, or if they've been waiting for you to sharpen yourself and get there, but now you're there and you earned it. What does that mean to you for the ability to get into this tournament now?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not in the tournament. I'm the alternate PJ. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, well, the, last year they didn't. It wasn't an age thing. It was Ruben Mavera beat me. You know, mm-hmm. Ruben Mavera got the spot last year, and uh, he he went on there. So um, I'm just the alternate this year. PJ Barge and Nathan Orchard definitely deserve the spot. Like they they are. You know, PJ Barge went to ADCC for us. Like he's our guy. Nathan Orchard went to the finals in uh, the Walter weights, uh, I believe last year, if I'm not mistaken. So they they definitely deserve the spots. I'm just I'm just some punk ass kid. But you know, I'm I'm excited to have my match. We're gonna do a super match. I'm not exactly sure against who yet. Um, so it's it's gonna be fun either way. You know, um, I definitely feel now that I'm like 19. Like not that I'm a grown like adult, but I definitely feel like there's a little bit more pressure than the. Oh, he just he's just able to qualify by two weeks. He just turned 18. You know, I feel like it'll, it's a little bit different for me. But it's gonna be fun either way. I enjoy combat jiu-jitsu i feel like it's one of my better styles you know casey Halstead has this uh big like mma background in mm-hmm. coaching and so you pick up a lot of like mma type positions in jiu-jitsu when you train with them and it really shows in the combat uh in the combat matches
0: yeah i was uh i remember laughing because you had just turned 18 and i thought did they sneak him under the wire on this like did they have to you know, pretend like he's 18. It's like, no, he's not 18. So I was just like, oh man, he really is. He's really grown before our eyes here. So let's talk about this. I always wanted to go back and do a profile because the last time we talked, we talked a little bit about that day uh, when you compete all the way back at one of the EBIs. That's how far it is. I got contacted and interviewed you at EBI. People yeah. don't even remember or know what that is now. So. Let's go back. What was the first day you remember in jiu-jitsu? Because you've been doing it for 11 years now. That would have made you what? All of eight?
1: I was just about to turn eight. Like It was like the month of my, my eighth birthday. Um, the first day in jiu-jitsu was, that I remember was my first day. Just learning. Like I was in the gi. It was a like a karate school, I think it was, called MAI, like Martial Arts International or something. Now it's uh, – a an auto parts store, like I drive by it <laughs> on the street in Corona. Um, so I'm like, oh, that's, that's my gym, that, that auto parts. Um, so yeah, just, you know, basic like kid stuff, like learning how to shrimp, putting on the gi and like thinking I'm all cool. Like, oh, I'm a little ninja, um, you know, like just kid stuff like that. Um, it, it it does kind of like I think back on it and, and like nowadays like I've been doing it eleven years. I see people messing up shrimps and I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I have to like I have to remember like, okay, I've been doing it eleven years. Like when I was a stupid ass kid, I didn't I didn't know how to do that. So you know, it definitely does have a I have a different perspective on jujitsu just because it's it's ingrained in me opposed to like uh, having a life and then doing jujitsu after the fact. You know, as like a, a hobby
0: when did jujitsu become yours? Because at a certain point, you know, sometimes the parents, they're like, Hey, go out there and do it. And then it becomes something that you're doing just because other people are suggesting that you do it. When does jujitsu become the sport or the art that you go? Hmm. Yeah, this belongs to
1: me. I've almost always felt like that. Like, you know, since day one, like, hey, do you want to? Do- Derek, do you want to do it? And, and I was the one going, yes, I want to do that. That sounds so cool. You know, um, so it's always been like my choice. Like, if jujitsu ever becomes not my choice, I don't think it will be fun anymore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, that's also a balance that I've tried to make with me. Do- Eleven years later, like, okay, training every day is, is something that like you should do, but it's not, like sometimes it feels like you have to do it. And that's when I have to like kind of step away and like, I'll take a week off and I'll be like, no, okay. I have to remember that I love doing it every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a thing that I have to do. I do it because I choose to do it. Having said that,
0: if it has always been yours, I always ask people this. When did you fall in love with jujitsu?
1: I would say I probably fell in love love like straight away. Like I – I like I said, I went in day one and I was like, I'm a ninja. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it's just something that like, uh, drawn to, was drawn to me, you know, like, or I was drawn to, rather, you know, it's just something that I feel really good doing. Um, and it's something that I, I like, I love it. I love jiu jitsu. What do you feel is adapted the most? Because again, I feel like
0: your game has grown a lot and that mm-hmm. you also have matured. But what do you feel that uh, has grown the most and where do you think that breakthrough might have come from? Definitely my biceps. No, one, no, but um, no one. We're, we're losing the feed here, kids. Sorry, I just, here's a, a nice moment that we want to take for everybody to go ahead and get their wits about them. Yes, I apologize for the guests.
1: Let's bring them back in. All right, go on. Uh, what's grown the most, I would say is my top control. Because even since I was a little kid, i was always been flexible. I was always trying to put my feet in like weird type of guard <laughs> positions, you know? And that's just gotten better as time goes on. But I've never really had a top game up until this last year, year and a half. And I'm not saying it's like the best. Like, I'm not saying my top game's like, oh my God, he's Derek in his top game. But it's definitely something where like I can get on top and I can, you know, get those head and arm chokes. I can get to mount. I can do, uh, you know, guillotine passes on high-level guys. You know what I mean? So that's definitely, like, been the biggest adaptation for my game, I would say. It's just getting past the guard, learning how to, like, smash, and learning how to uh, really control guys from the top position.
0: I was also very interested at what point you decided to implement a little bit more wrestling. How did that come about?
1: Um, I've been wrestling in high school for, like, four years. Um, I would say my junior years when I really started, like, amp it up because that's when i stopped training jiu-jitsu to get better at wrestling when i was like okay i have a wrestling season to focus on let's like i'll do jiu-jitsu every now and then i'll keep it sharp but let's just grind wrestling and uh when i started doing that when i got back on the mats it was like well these tools didn't go away i'm Mm -hmm. still like a wrestler so i can i can use that while i'm using like all my funky stuff in jiu-jitsu
0: Did you find yourself enthralled more with wrestling? Because I know when you take that time off, it's sort of like the, hey, I'm going to get better at gi, so I really want to take the time off to go get better at gi, and I'm not going to do as much no gi. I would Mm -hmm. assume that same thing was happening with wrestling, but that's more mental focus. Did you find something to appreciate in wrestling? And if so, what
1: was that? I... Did I find something to, to focus on and that wrestling has always been tough for me just because even when I was wrestling, I wasn't learning like traditional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like it was always like get on top and use your jiu-jitsu, Derek. Just use your jujitsu. You once you get on top, once you get the back, it's because that's what all I did was I would just grab chokes, I would I would just use jujitsu. Um and it, it's something that a lot of jiu-jitsu guys don't do, like young jitsu guys when they wrestle, they think they have to like traditionally wrestle. And that's not something I started to do until my senior year when I was like, okay, I should probably learn the sport of wrestling a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so it's – I don't even remember the question, but I agree. Oh, okay. Well, that's – thats I, I, I kind of went on my own. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a yes-no question, but okay. What was the question?
0: It was what did you learn or what was it that you were finding that helped – to define what it was because some people do wrestling. And here's what I can tell you when you're competitive, some people just get so inherently competitive that they say, I'm just going to focus in on this. Yeah. And especially jujitsu guys, they don't learn the craft. Yeah. I was curious because I didn't have that background as somebody who did wrestling in high school. Mm -hmm. Did you find something that became a certain kind of appreciation or love much in the same way you did for jujitsu?
1: Yeah, um I mean wrestling like you, uh, you do grow a love for it. Like there are times where I put on that singlet and I'm just like, Oh yeah, like oh, this is my stuff. This is my shit. I love this singlet. Um but um yeah, like wrestling is so much different than jujitsu, just in the mentality. I would say the mentality is the biggest mm-hmm. thing in wrestling that doesn't translate to jujitsu. It's it's uh in jujitsu you you get like pressure and you're like, Okay, I'll give you that position, but I'm going to transition and do something else in wrestling. You have to be like, no, you know, F you, this is my position. I'm going to be bigger and I'm going to be stronger than you. And I'm going to push you. You know what I mean? It's almost like, have you watched avatar? A little bit. Yeah. Between like earth bending and water bending is how I would describe it. Where water bending is all about, you know, flowing, uh, flowing through and using, uh, momentum and flowing. And earthbending is, I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to push you, and you're not going to be able to push me.
0: That's fascinating. That That is a, a metaphor that's going to go over with our anime crowd, which surprisingly is sizable. Uh, I can't hang with as many of those people. Uh, it's
1: two. Nerds.
0: Yeah, these dumb nerds with their avatar and their loving of it and thinking it evolves everything. The reason why I, I find it so fascinating for you, though, is that you're right, it does create that pace. Even just training today, I had somebody who took me down and I complimented him. I was like, hey, man, that was a really good takedown. And he looked at me and he's like, well, you still submitted me. And I was like, yes, but I wanted to compliment you on the takedown before I beat the shit out of you. Because that was also very impressive. Could I live with that if I was just a wrestler? Probably not. I probably would have been really pissed at my... I could have submitted him probably five times. I'd be like, he took me down. Fuck him. You know, like... It's a different mentality, and I think it's just something I'm I'm ingrained to have as, okay, here it's coming. I'm going to brace for it. I'm going to build the takedown into my natural uh, chain of places that I like to go. So Mm -hmm. for me, I just wanted to make sure I was like, hey, man, I don't ever like people walking away from this sport thinking they should feel defeated if they got a takedown. It's like you still did something really impressive, and it's very hard to do. Uh, But you know, we'll we'll clean that up. I was like, I'll tell you how to – You know, make something work there, but we'll get you actually good at jujitsu as well. Well, you know, I mean, here's the one part is I was telling him I was like he was complimenting me, and I go, "Hey, man, well, you had a good takedown." He was like, "I know," and I go, "It wasn't that good." (laughs) Be humble here, kid, because I I will remind you very quickly after you got the takedown, I found my way into a sweep. So you know, nobody probably could have been better. better. I just love the fact that when he was telling me that, he's like, "I know." I was like, "Who says that?" Shut up, kid. Um, but I, I do find it interesting because I'm looking at the progression of where you've come, where you've been at the age of just now 19, I guess the inherent thing is what are you looking to do? So what is on your kind of mentality of where you would like to go? Obviously we know the short term is going to be competing at Mm. the end of the month. But like, where do you see yourself progressing? Do you see yourself still continuing to do more wrestling? I mean, obviously you're going to have those opportunities with people like Andy, who movement is going to just go wherever it goes whenever you train with that guy. Um, And by the way, fuck you both, because I saw that video that he just put up recently where you do a flip out of it and I go Listen, I I should just retire from
1: jujitsu here, right then and there. If we're starting to do that shit, yeah, it was just yeah, I wouldn't try and do that in a real match for sure. We were just we got to the end of training one day and we were like, let's just do like let's just do some stupid shit and make like a cool flow out of it. And so we were we were sitting there like, what are we gonna do? And I was like, single leg me, Andy. Check this out. <laughs> I just backflipped out of it, dude. We did like thirty takes, and he kept messing up like the uh, the roll, like after it. And so I was like, "God damn it, Andy! I have to do so many backflips because you keep messing up the goddamn Emanari, uh roll." <laughs> well, that final take, I was kind of dizzy to be honest. I was like, "Damn, I'm doing a lot of these." It looked pretty good still, so I, I
0: think the compliments still go your way. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get back to the question, which is, what are you looking to do? Like, where do you see yourself going, and what are the next kind of things that you kind
1: of want to climb, mountain-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to be, like, at the tournaments, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I, I qualified for the special match, that's cool and all. I would like to, uh, eventually, in the next year, you know, be the guy invited to the to the tournaments, you know, like be the, the guy actually in them. You know, I see uh, uh, submission underground refuses to give me a match. I text them, like, hey guys, I swear I'm good, and they just ah, get out of your kid. So, um, you know, I just want to do bigger, high level matches, um, you know, more consistently if I can. Um, eventually, I would like to get into MMA. Uh, I have a little bit of a striking background, I, I, I'm not great at it, <laughs> but uh, but I get better. uh so. The, like long term, I'd like to fight. I'd like to get these high level jujitsu matches. I would like to compete in like these big stages, as the uh, you know in the actual tournament, not just like a little extra thing. You know what I mean? So that that's yeah. where I want to be uh, in the next coming years.
0: Here's maybe something that I think you were saying that maybe I can put uh, an old person's perspective to, mm-hmm. which is that you were mentioning how you're the alternate to PJ Barch and Nate Orchard. Mm-hmm. But I want you to hear the way I say that, which is you're the alternate to PJ Barge and Nate Orchard. So really that's good company to be in one. Yeah. Two, they're not going to be doing it forever at this level. So you mm-hmm. are the future and to be in that group and to be that consideration and to have, that kind of uh, confidence from your team that you will be a good flag bearer for them. Should they Mm. need to replace them has to feel good. So to me, when I hear you say that, I'm like, yeah, I I get it to not be in the dance. is a little bit of a sting, but we've seen crazier things happen in these tournaments where I know you've run them. I know you've helped Mm. out in the background of places where you've seen the same things that I have, where someone just doesn't show up one day and you go, how can you do that? And then someone gets plugged into the tournament. We've seen it happen many, many a times. So uh, that's when Ryan got
1: his start uh, it, way back in EBI, what was it? Seven, six.
0: I think it was around six. Yeah. I just remembered, you know, his thing when he was a replacement and, you know, you look over, Keith was a replacement at one point and he got his platform like stranger things happen. Um yeah. So it's just kind of cool to know that if they did plug you in, you're somebody with that experience who could easily find themselves in there. I'd love the idea that you want to go MMA. And I have to say, given all of your years of combat training, acumen, the team that you train with, it seems a natural progression. And uh, I don't even want to ask you for a date because I know that Casey's smart enough to already have that in his head
1: somewhere ready to go. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's just uh, especially with COVID. Right now, I'm just I'm just doing jujitsu at the moment. Right now, like the next year or so, like that's that's all I see in my year future. You know, like j- I just want to get as good as I can in these uh, these high level competitions at the moment. That's
0: I really- think it's also yeah. absurd. I do want to interrupt you here because I do think it is absurd that Submission Underground doesn't have you on the radar. And maybe it's a problem of them having too many Tenth Planet people to put on that they don't know how to weed them out. But like. You're somebody who does produce very, very good uh, highlights, and more importantly, these dummies are always complaining that they're just butt scooting. So maybe if you pinky swear them that you'll keep the grid, the standing up for a little while, uh, maybe they might be more intrigued on that end too.
1: Let them know that I can wrestle.
0: I listen. I've seen some of these guys push their heads back and forth in mm-hmm. main events on that, and uh, you know. I'm just saying, we can we could stand to have some guys who can wrestle. I think Uncle Chael would appreciate that at some point. So that's my plug for you. I think we should put you on that. And I would say I think you are now at a place in your jiu-jitsu journey, please tell me if I'm wrong, where you just want those samurai challenges. You want to put yourself out there. And if we are in a COVID world where things are crazy, that if there are the opportunities, you want
1: to be at the front of the line. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think I've kind of always been like i'm not maybe i'm I don't want to I'm cocky, maybe I'm good enough to accept those samurai challenges now, but I've always been you know like you put anyone in front of me at any time in my career and I'm like, okay, we're gonna do this, you know so uh sure. so any any anytime anyone you know like just give me uncle chair chail give me a a text, you know oh, you have Gordon Ryan in three days, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
0: And you know what? You would do it. And I mean, that's the whole thing is people forget. That's how Gordon Ryan got his shot was he didn't reject them. He just took them. So, you know, you're not going to get another Gordon Ryan and believe me, we could use another one because this one's defective in the brain. So I would love for us to get some other people in there. And what I do like about you is you've always had a great, uh, persona just when no one's watching, like, You know, I remember seeing videos of you or photos of you trying to stick your leg behind your head and being like, look at this kid, just trying to be flexible. Look at him to today, even seeing you do backflips for no reason and going, that's not necessary, but you're doing it with a good sense of, Hey guys, this should be fun. Like when we train, we should train hard. We should have a good sense of humor about ourselves and not take ourselves seriously. And I've always appreciated that about you.
1: Well, thank you. I, I, I believe if we're not having fun doing it, why are we doing it? You well, know? you should we see some
0: like some of those rooms that people go in. Uh, they, they don't always uh, get yeah. that way. And I have yet to be in a Casey room where he gives the post speech. So I know that that day is coming. But I do know that every time I'm in Vegas and Casey sees me train anywhere else, I get a message from him. And I go, what's wrong with you? And he goes, why didn't you stop here? And I go, I go where I'm invited, bro. And he's like, Well, you didn't come here. And I go, You sound like a jealous ex girlfriend, bro. Like, I'll show up, man. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, let's he, do this. He is a I will say about Casey, he's like, he's a coach that I think it's important to have a coach like him that will keep you accountable, that will like, oh, you're you're coming to Vegas to party, but you're not training. I mean, no, no.
0: I'm pretty clear about going to train. Uh, my wife and I, yeah. when we when we go to Vegas, this is how it goes. I dedicate that normal, like six to twelve in the morning, you know, to the afternoon, Ooh. to my time to train. I yeah. come home and shower, and I go. I'm all yours for the rest of the day. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I had my time with Doelle. I would go visit Mike. I would make a drop in, and I swear to God, there was just one time where he saw me. He's like, "Dude, I saw you at this other gym." I wasn't feeling
1: it. And I was like, you know, I'm trading. He's like, you're not training here. And I go, uh fine. Yeah. Well, I wasn't saying you specifically, but I'm more referring to like Orange County guys that will go out there and he'll be like, hey, so, uh, so you have a good time last night? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's a
0: danger. That's a between all the, the four different stops that y'all have as a, a nice unified team uh that's a lot of people to take account of and i gotta tell uh, a lot of these kids who are coming into training for the first time that man sees what happens on social media so he's not blind so uh you know he keeps you accountable like a good coach should Uh, i want to ask you this man i want to ask you do you have any sponsors people you want to shout out people who you want to say thank you for helping you get sharpened up uh for your win at combat jiu-jitsu qualifiers sir
1: uh, I do not have any sponsors. I will shout out GoGo Go Grappling, a new streaming service for uh, um, people who just want to put their techniques out there and you know get paid for them. You know, it's like a, a streaming service where you can um, really like if you're a high level guy. It's just now starting up. I'm more just shouting it out because my friend runs it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually do believe in it. I think GoGo Go, uh, Grappling could be like a, a very big uh, opportunity for a lot of people. Um, like with that being said, I'm not sponsored. Um, but I will shout out like my coach Casey, uh, you know, Andy Ballmore, Tenth Planet Fullerton, Tenth Planet Las Vegas, um, Eddie, you know, Eddie Bravo for continuing to give me these opportunities to do the trials, you know. Um and all and shout out to all my teammates. There's too many people. The problem with me is there's too many people that have influenced me to where I can't uh mm. I can't shout out everyone. But I, you know, to all my teammates, all the you know, 10th planet family, I, I, like I love the support. I love you guys. I appreciate it. That's very nice. And Derek,
0: like I said, man, I know that you took some time off to do wrestling and I knew when you'd come back, you'd have some new weapons in your arsenal. And Mm. I'm so happy and proud of you uh, because when you do the interviews with the kids, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You think to yourself, he's got a good head on his shoulders. I hope things continue to go well. So it Mm. is a, a very nice little moment for me to be able to continue doing interviews like this with you and see like, yeah, man, you've been keeping your head on straight and you've been really, really dedicated to your training. So you keep this up, I will keep interviewing you, but such good things uh, thus far in, in what is already a promising career. So
1: very proud of you, man. Thank you, I appreciate you, brother. I really appreciate like stuff like this. Awesome.
0: All right, I'm gonna kick you off. I'll say bye to you off air, but I wanna tell you guys right now, just as a reminder, give us a like, a subscribe, a follow at grappling hour, all all the major platforms. If you really love us, go to at Grappling Hour and give us a uh, five star review on our Apple Podcast. And you can also find us on Spotify. So, yes, at Grappling Hour, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us some love, give us some follows, give us some subscribes. We're going to have a new episode of Verbal Tap sooner than later. I don't know. Kevin's still kind of in he just got married limbo land. So I'm going to let him live for a little bit and then uh, we'll regroup and do that. But we will have another fight companion on this week at some point. I don't know when it's going up. So look out for that. My thanks to you guys for watching. It's been a great day for grappling. We'll see you back on the mats. Eventually.